Hello and welcome to my new podcast called Innovation. Innovation was inspired by my previous podcast, Silence, where over the course of two years, I spoke weekly with 100 women from the world of science, technology, engineering and mathematics, or STEM. On this show, I would keep my guests anonymous so that they could talk openly and honestly, and boy, did they. They discussed their experiences and what they've learned along their life journey, and also their hopes and ideas for living fulfilling and contented lives. The conversations on silence were always so raw and transparent, and surprisingly, it wasn't just about STEM that we chatted about. It was about everything, life, love, everything. The topics that tended to come up were also the same topics that I often get asked about when I've given a talk or my mentees ask me about or I'm chatting with friends. And so I thought rather than keep those topics kind of closed and just amongst a few certain few, how about throwing them out into the world and letting everyone hear and engage in issues that I think are important to many of us, not just me and my friends. So I've sifted through all the episodes of Silence to bring you my favourite sound bites on a certain topic. Each week on Innovation, I'll be reflecting on the talking points of the topic that I've chosen for that week. And I think you'll find some pearls of wisdom from my women in STEM that are particularly provoking, inspiring and empowering. And they certainly really resonate with me and I hope they do with you too. This week is all about competition. So we seem to be living in a really competitive world. And I think the women on my podcast definitely talked about competition a lot. Now, I don't want to be biased, but I think women have it a lot harder for a number of very complex reasons, which we'll break down in this show. But women who are high achieving or very ambitious and want to be their best often feel in competition with those that are around them. Sometimes it's made up in their own heads and sometimes it's actually just the reality of the society we live in. Competition in the workplace and just generally with ourselves is a really multi-layered and tricky topic. And this soundbite comes from a really highly achieving woman who not only has done really well in her own job and career and life, but also expresses her concerns for her daughters. And I'll tell you, some of my views here are controversial because I don't want my girls to grow up thinking that they should get a job just because they're a woman. I don't want them to think that, okay, well, we have to put somebody on our board. Therefore, it's going to be you, even if you're not as qualified as the person sitting next to you. What I want for them is I want them to be as good as or better than the competition and to get those positions because they're the best and because they strove to be the best. Mm. Um, and, and, and I know that that's not what everybody believes, but for me, I want them to be change makers in the world. And the only way you can do that is if you go through this process of developing your inner core and of always trying for self-improvement and always relooking at yourself and knowing you're, you're so far from perfect that you have to work on it every mm. single day. I think it's tricky being a woman in a very male-dominated area because, first of all, we're extremely capable of achieving in male-dominated careers. But I think also 
As women, we tend to be extremely self-critical and we can be quite hard on ourselves. And I certainly know that from the women in STEM that I've worked with and being one myself once upon a time. I know that I was always pushing myself so hard. And as a result, we really have high expectations for ourselves, which can make our own lives really tough. I mean, forget about the competition of the people around us. We can be in competition with ourselves. And so and I love that quote from episode 31 because she really talks about wanting her girls to be the best versions of themselves whilst at the same time earning their place because they deserve it. And I think that is what can make competition so difficult is it's often a battle between whether we feel we deserve it, whether we feel we're capable and whether we actually get the chances that we're aiming for in the first place. It's not an easy balance and there are no easy answers which is kind of the case with all the topics I'll be discussing on innovation that there are no simple answers but she alludes to the solution which is that it's really important to develop one's inner self and have our own goals and own expectations and then we can start trying to strive for exactly what it is we want so that's within ourselves but I think what's also really difficult is trying to get somewhere within the workplace. And something that's come up time and time again is competition at work. And what the women had to say was often quite surprising to me because I was in the STEM workplace pretty much as the only woman. But as time's gone on, more and more women are going into male-dominated fields. And so this was the sentiment that kept coming up on silence. So often we have so many expectations of ourselves. We want to be amazing mothers, amazing partners, amazing sisters, amazing friends. You know, the roles that we set up for ourselves are varied. And we typically as women always want to be the best in everything we do. I mean, it's a very broad and sweeping statement, but that's what I have found the women on my podcast to allude to. And so you know, it can be really difficult juggling all of those different expectations we have of each other. This, again, from episode 31. I have doubts every day about being a mother, about being a wife, about taking care of myself, about am I giving enough to the job because I want to be everything to everyone. And then it's super hard, I think, to be a good friend when you have all these other competing interests. So where does the competition at work come from? Well, I think for women in STEM, because there are so few of us, we're actually all competing for very few places. And I think that's where competition comes from generally. There are only a few spots and a lot of people applying for those spots. And so it seems like women in STEM have it quite tough because there's kind of like a quota for women in STEM roles. And so what ends up happening is that there's a lot of competition between women. And that has come up time and time again on silence, whereby women are confessing to having the worst treatment for from other women that they're in competition with. This from episode 18. I've had the good fortune in working with a lot of male, like working with a lot of male engineers who have been as supportive, if not more supportive of me 
end my career development than some of my female peers. It's such a shame that women aren't there for each other. And I can kind of understand it. But at the same time, I think the whole system is wrong within corporate setups whereby men tend to feel awkward of with having women in female roles and women are in competition with women in female roles and so the whole thing as my guest says can get really hostile and it's such a shame. I wish we could cultivate a culture within the workplace where we're actually celebrating people. And I know that there are some companies that do that, particularly startups. They're always wanting to nurture the best talent and um, encourage each other and try and be the best they can be. And it does tend to be the big corporate giants that foster this animosity between work people. You know, I remember sort of always being in competition with my peers about how long I had stayed in the office or whether I was working on my weekends or how many days I didn't take off sick because I'm such a star worker. And, you know, that kind of behaviour can really set up high expectations and standards for people, which just becomes more and more impossible to me. And that can make people angry and create that hostility. There's so there's not enough diversity when it comes to gender. There's a lot of there's more men to female ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too bothered by that, but when it comes to inclusivity, I I think there's a lot 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 of competition, and it can become very negative. But the what I've gotten it the most from, unfortunately, has been from women which makes no sense to me. Episode 49 really hits home that point that, you know, the hostility at work is as a result of not being open-minded and not welcoming a diverse and inclusive team into the workplace. And I really feel that times have changed, even over the last couple of years, where people are a lot more open to it. I think the pandemic has really helped push diversity and inclusion uh, further because now we're doing so many more virtual meetings and we are sort of inviting a more global perspective because quite frankly technology is allowing us to do that but before then I think um, we were all quite sort of insular and closed-minded when it came to careers and uh, I'm just really glad that that's coming to an end because my guest on episode 49 talks about the difficulty in working in a non-inclusive team. I think the the most frustrating factor was how toxic the environment was in in that field with like I mentioned like the women backstabbing women and that's what made me just to step away and also like bad decisions being made by by the wrong mm-hmm. people um so my biggest frustration was i believe that they had hired me to solve problems mm-hmm. for them and to provide to do my research spend a lot of time on something and then provide a solution for it if anything like be become the 
the subject matter expert to be able to provide it like solutions and I kept experiencing being overwritten by someone who had no knowledge about what I had been working on and if I come and say hey this is very dangerous this could potentially even kill people can we uh, take another few months to work on it or can we do this solution I, I would provide different options and um, there were certain people making decisions saying, no, we don't have time, so we're just going to put the beta or we're just going to do whatever you already have. And I think that that to my core of was like, it just shook me to my core where I was like, I can't believe that I am telling you that this is mm. dangerous to human lives and you still want to go for it. And I think that and also like the I think the agenda of like being competitive and saying overruling my opinion was their agenda more than the quality of the software or the quality of the product. And I think that was my biggest frustration. What I've seen more and more amongst my STEM guests is that when they are in toxic situations or situations that aren't working for them, they there is more of a strength and courage to walk away from situations and circumstances that aren't working for people. And um, I think, again, the pandemic has really helped in allowing people to really reflect on what's important to them and allowing people to choose healthy situations for themselves. And we've all definitely got a louder voice as a result of being able to work from home because we're able to deliver our best whilst being in lockdown. And what I love about this next soundbite from episode one is that my guest absolutely will not entertain anything toxic in her life. She simply moves away from it. There is a certain level of competitiveness amongst women like across STEM and non-STEM that prevents us from really being there for each other. Yeah, I think it's always going to be there. It's a shame if it's something you have to deal with day to day because I personally, if I'm in that situation, I tend to try and move away from those sort of attitudes. It's just not healthy. I come from a family of really supportive women. We're there for each other. We boost each other. We, you know, we support each other. So I, if I'm in a situation where someone can't be happy for me or, you know, I wouldn't want to be in a position where I felt resentful towards someone else um, for the choices they've made. Um, I don't think that's good for anybody. And usually it comes from when people aren't happy with the choices that they've made. I think it's really interesting that we are living in a world where women do see each other as competition because I would love to live in a society where women are really lifting each other up and I definitely have friends in my life that want to see me do well and I also want to see them doing well. But it did take a while to get into that mindset and it does involve a lot of trust and um, feeling good in my own skin and so my last guest talking about sort of feeling comfortable with the decisions that we make is such a profound way of seeing things because we do have to be really happy with our own selves in order to feel happy for others and I think 
getting to that point, getting into that mindset, isn't an easy task. And it involves staying focused on your own path and your own goals and reaching for them. And uh, in doing that, you can be happy for other people's successes. My guest on episode 33 talks about how she loves setting up goals and ambitions for herself and her enthusiasm for being her best self, I find really inspiring. Oh, I think it was, I'm a little competitive and I like to be good at things. I really do. I, I like to have things come easy to me and I like to excel. Um, and so have just being able to just be like, oh, whatever, I'm just not good at it. Was it an option for me? And so, I mean, I passed and I got through it, but it wasn't like, it was more of a like, okay, I won. I, I passed the class. I, I didn't fail out of it. I didn't give up. All right. That's, it's, it's done. In order to get somewhere ourselves, we need to lift other people up. And that's certainly my experience of mentoring and helping other women is that in helping other women grow, I end up growing. And so it kind of feels like you're putting a lot of effort into somebody else. But getting that balance right where you're helping people will end up helping yourself. And it's not that you want to get all the credit for helping someone or you want everybody to know that you've been helping someone, but it's actually doing it for your own well-being, for your own sense of self-esteem and confidence. And that's why teaching has been incredibly valuable and, you know, helping people learn because when you see other people learn and grow, it really makes you feel good. This from episode six. And I've kind of been realizing that I'm tired of women wanting to compete against each other. We should be teaming up and competing against um, the rest of the world and taking on the world. So I think reading in between the lines of what all these women in STEM have been saying is that it's really important in life to choose what you love doing to really focus your attention on where your passions lie. Because in doing what you love, you end up doing better. And you end up wanting to nurture and encourage and support other people to do what they love. It's so aspirational and inspiring to hear someone doing what they really love. And also doing something that isn't conventional. Because I think we often feel like we've got to do what people have instructed us to do or do things the right way in inverted commas and I have always been inspired by people who have found their own path so they started off doing one thing and ended up doing another and their life journey has been a bit of a zigzag because zigzags really illustrate someone that's been following their own heart and really trying to fulfill their truest ambitions rather than following a straight line from point A to B. Not that, you know, having a straight line life journey is not a good thing. That's great if your life has been simple. But in my experience and the experience of most women on my show, it seems as though life very rarely is a straight line. And I think all of those kinks are what make us interesting. And 
my guest from episode 12 talks about how she started off doing one thing and ended up just really following her her heart and doing what she really wants to do and you can hear in her voice that she's really happy with her choice like um like i said (laughs) um science is quite competitive and you have to love it you have to be committed to it for the long haul you have to really be passionate about the topic you have to be aware of the challenges ahead and for me i had to come to a point where i realized that as a person i'm driven by achievements i'm driven by achieving milestones and as you know science and and you know engineering or stem disciplines have a pace of their own (laughs) you can't really control um, what happens and um, I had to come to a realization that I had to find something else that would incorporate my enthusiasm for learning, my my passion to help people, and my 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 commitment to contribute positively to the world. And that's why I I actually now I'm more focused on working in the interface between science and industry, where um, we bring people together to collaborate, to, to support um, the, the next generation, to mentor younger people, to, to, to let them know what's out there, what's possible beyond um, a career in science or, or STEM subjects, and ultimately mentoring in general. Um, that's my focus now. Again, I'm, I'm learning, I'm passionate about hearing why people do the things they do, what motivates them, um, and what they're really looking for, what 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 their purpose is, and what really brings that spark into their eyes. And that's the thing with following your own heart. It always seems as though you're kind of going alone. I think Brené Brown talks about how trailblazing is an extremely lonely road. And when you are doing something different and you're trying something new, you often are alone and nobody gets it and nobody understands. And I think having the strength of character and really, really knowing what it is that you want to do with your life and following your heart can be so essential to getting through those lonely, trailblazing times. Um, because you won't be popular and not everyone's going to get it. But the fact that you're doing it anyway is so admirable and um, shows a lot of self-love. And that's what my guest from episode 43 describes. The number of people who um, dislike me, dislike my success and would prefer to bring me down uh, far exceeds the number of people who do want to help me, encourage me, and support me. So that makes me very thankful for those who do. One thing that I have found to be really, um, really helpful, at least in a school environment, is actually to become friends with people who have very dissimilar interests from me, who are involved in things completely unlike me, um, maybe who... um, aren't even particularly interested in academics or aren't interested in, in um, kind of doing the same kinds of extracurricular projects that I am. Because that means that the basis for our friendship isn't something that could easily be turned into a competition. The mm. basis for our friendship is instead um, more personalistic things. Um, like we enjoy 
um, going to nice restaurants together. Or maybe we enjoy going out to the park in the summer times together. And we do things that don't really allow for a basis of comparison, which leads to then jealousy, which leads to competitiveness and animosity. It is so much about finding your own tribe. And I seem to say this in every single episode so far, is that it's so important to find people that really do get you. And sometimes there won't be very many of those people around. And that's when you have to really call upon your own strengths as an individual to really believe in yourself until you do end up finding like-minded people or people that you can call friends, you know, people that understand, people that support you no matter what, people that shower unconditional love on you. And having that kind of close inner circle of people that really are in your corner, I think is essential to following your own heart. So maybe the idea of getting friends who are completely different to you is a really smart move. And when my guest from episode 43 described that, I was like, ah, that's actually a really, really good idea. It's what I did generally growing up because I always tended to be the odd one out. And so I would always gravitate towards other kids or other people that were the odd one out because we could at least be odd one outs for different reasons, but together. And I think that's what my guest from episode 43 tries to describe. And I totally relate to how she came to that solution. What I will say is that maybe guests who were maybe a little bit more experienced or older from silence, they tended to talk about how time really mellowed them out when it came to competitiveness. And I think when you have been trailblazing and you've been following your own path and you've been working really hard to prove to yourself that you are reaching your ambitions and your goals, when you do finally reach them, you do tend to relax because you're like, okay, I got there. And it it chills you out because you're not striving to achieve because you've achieved. And so for anyone who is struggling to get to that point, keep going because it really is rewarding when you follow your heart and you realize your dreams. Um, That's certainly something my guest from episode 16 describes. I think for me, what did it was finally feeling confident in myself as a scientist. Um, And for me, actually, that was when I finally got that first author nature publication. Um, That was for some reason... um, being published in nature was it was always something I had in the as a, as a big goal of mine. And um, finally, the uh, my first year as a postdoc, um, one of my papers was my, was was published in nature, and it made a little bit of a splash, and it was kind of a, an exciting result. And I think after that, I started feeling like, hey, you know, I I've sort of proved to myself and to everyone that that I can do good science and um, And I didn't really have to feel like I was an imposter anymore. And so it is a really great feeling when you start to get to that point where things are starting to happen for you. And, you know, there is that period before then where you're like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if it's the right thing to do. I don't know if this is going to be successful. What if it's a terrible flop? And then you reach this point where you're like, that was good. It worked out. 
And then you do another thing and it works out. And then people start to be interested in what you're doing and it works out. And I think that's the time when you start to get less competitive because you found your groove by that stage. And you start to compare yourself less to other people because you realize and you've proved that you're an individual. And I think my guest from episode 29 describes it really well. For me, becoming an adult and and um, growing was to sort of tone it down in the sense of I don't have to compete with everybody on Facebook. Like, okay, this person's taking an amazing vacation. I can't take amazing vacations all the time. Um, you know, and, and turning down that that ultra competitiveness that um, that was a little bit it's like kind of poisonous, you know. So what's been really great about listening to my silence guests talk about the topic of competition is that competition is a really complex subject, both internally for us as individuals, but also externally in the workplace and with our friends and just to the outside world. And I think what I've really learned from the women on my show is that it's so important to be focused on your own journey and develop yourself because that's what you truly want to do in your heart. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't measure yourself up against somebody else's goals, but really go for what you believe is the right thing for you. And if you do that, and if you find people who are willing to be in your corner and support you and encourage you along your own journey, I think that is the recipe for a happy and fulfilled life, as my guest in episode 29 talks about. You know, success is that feeling of satisfaction of knowing you did the best you could to, to be the best you could. Uh, so knowing that you put it all out there, um, because obviously not everybody can hold mm. records and not everybody can be number one, but if you did the best that you could do, then that's all anyone can expect. And, you know, that's the only reasonable thing you can ask. So, so did you do everything that you could do? It really seems worth just putting in the time to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Thank you so much for listening this week. Please do subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you can. I'd love to have your feedback about the episode, but also any suggestions you have for future topics on this show. It's all about self-discovery and evolution on innovation. So if there are any issues that you feel are holding you back from being your best, let's talk about it. Be kind and loving to yourselves and I wish you all a great week.